Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. We are recording a podcast, or if you're blessed right now, live streaming with us on an actual game week. Sterling, real football is happening in just a matter of days. Uh, how are you feeling? Does it feel real? Are you pinching yourself? Uh, let's fucking go. Is this bare naked ladies? Because pinch me. Come on now. This is awesome. I know it's the preseason. I know I realistically don't care that much about the game outcome, but I do care about all the positional battles that are about to unfold. This is time. It's fun to watch these guys go out and give it their all for wide receiver five, for cornerback six. This is exciting. If you care about the Chiefs football, if you care about the young guys, the time is now. It is. The time is now. It's been less than one week since we've looked at them. I can't think of any more rhymes or even hits by bare naked ladies. What else is there? If I had a million dollars. Oh yeah. Well, that was a horrible song by the way. Anyway. Uh, it's been horrible. one week. Come on now. Stop this. That's what this I just said. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. One week when, and then that's all there really is. Right. That's all there should be anyway, unless you're like drunk and at a frat party from the nineties. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about uh, today, obviously including Sterling's musical taste, but um one of the things that we need to talk about is some actual taste, like some Casey Beer. Casey Beer Co., this show, the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, brought to you by Casey Beer Company, largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and the only brewery in KC to focus on German beer styles. You guys know this. We say it every single week, and it's true. They have the best beer you will ever have. They brew their beer according to the German purity laws of 1516, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. It is absolutely delicious. And every single time you guys post about it, you tag us in it. Honestly, it makes our day. It's huge for us. We really, really appreciate it. And you have no idea how much that means. Uh, but Casey Bierko, we love it. We we promote it for a reason. I wouldn't just talk about it randomly unless it was actually that good. And trust me, it is that good. It is that good. Uh, let's talk about let, Let's talk about exactly how good is it returning to the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. This training camp, I, I don't know if, if you've thought much about this, Sterling, or not. It seems like Brett Veach woke up about the defensive line in training camp, right? Like like all offseason, the only investment we saw during the entire offseason uh, of any real note concerning the defensive line was George Karloftis, right? I mean, we spent a first-round pick. There's your, there's your major investment. That sounds great. We restructure Frank Clark. Frank Clark comes back, gives someone else there. But Melvin Ingram, we saw him sign with the Dolphins at the time. Everyone's like, you know, Chicken Little, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And then there's nothing until training camp. But since training camp, we we see the signing of uh, Kamara, the kid from the Dallas Cowboys, right at the start of training camp, for, former defensive end there. Then we see Carlos Dunlap sign after that. Then earlier this week, we release Shalit Calhoun and sign – a flyer named Matt Dickerson, of whom I know nothing about, I'll admit. 
And then just this afternoon, Veach signs former first round pick for the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> uh, Danny Shelton, run stuffer of run stuffers, right? Wait, stop me. Stop me if you've heard first round draft pick. And totally. then say first round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. Dude. That's at least three on the current, at least this roster might not make the 53, but Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, Cam Irving, Cam Irving. I mean, absurd. We are drowning in former, former Cleveland first round picks. In other words, basically what we've seen is Brett Veach. Brett Veach has brought in four new faces along the defensive line just since training camp has started. And I guess I just wonder for you, do you think that Veach got back to camp, saw the guys coming together, and was like, this is not looking nearly as good as I hoped we would? Yeah, I do. I I, I, I mean, nothing against those guys, but have you heard anything from Malik Herring? Have we heard anything from Joshua Kando? Right. Again, they were developmental prospects. I think Brett Veach was... Let's see if we can give them some time to develop. And there's still going to be time for them to develop. It's not saying they're 100% not making the team or they won't make the practice squad, this, that, or the other. But the Chiefs are obviously in win-now mode. This is not a rebuilding season. The Chiefs don't rebuild. They reload. And their thought process was, we don't have time to let all of these guys try and gel. We already have investments at corner, new guys at safety, youth at linebacker. We don't have time to hopefully see if Malik Herring or Joshua Kando can make an impact. They don't have time to see if Colin Saunders is going to make that next step. They're saying the time is now. Danny, Danny Shelton, he's won a Super Bowl. Let's say, okay, Carlos Dunlap, you've been very productive for a long time, very, very solid, right? I'm not saying he's this superstar. That's that's. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, but I'm saying he's averaged about eight sacks a season for the past, what, six years? That's a contributor. Yeah, so I do think part of that was, hey, we don't see these guys progressing at least as quickly as we would like. It's time to make something happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, and I don't know what you think of this, but like, did we really need to come all the way to training camp to know these were needs, right? Like, was it really not that clear that edge rusher was the need that it was, right? I, I think they've had their eyes on Dunlap for a while, and maybe Dunlap just doesn't want to sign until too late. Well, that's fine. But some of these other guys, um, I don't know, it, it, it's Herring versus Kando as the matchup you got to wait on. I'm just a little bit surprised that that – that someone said, give me a week or two to see how they turn out, and then I'll I'll bring someone in. And look, it's not like these guys, maybe other than Dunlap, none of these guys move the meter to any great degree. I mean, these are all, uh, even though Shelton has a little bit of a name attached to him or a former first round, I mean, the guy played in like 29% of snaps last year for the New York Giants uh, in 13 games and just kind of a, a, a role of just a part-time run stuffer of a role player there. But I'm just surprised that some of the reinforcements are arriving a little bit later when I think a lot of us would point to the line, even tackle and go, Hey, we're, we're thinner here than we could be. Yeah. I, I would probably also say maybe Taylor Stallworth, the guy they yeah. got from the Colts, maybe he's not playing out the way it's they thought. Uh, and yeah. who knows? Maybe they want to keep both Stallworth and and um, Shelton, and it's Colin Saunders as the odd man out. Obviously, we'll see. None of these guys are on these massive contracts, so where if it's not working, they can cut bait, release. It's not going to be a massive issue. By the way, the Giants, the Jets, that's where players go to have careers die. Right. I mean, Danny Shelton was a, I don't want to say household name, 
But obviously, you knew Danny Shelton. He goes to the Giants for one season, and I was like, wait a minute. I thought he was out of the NFL. Didn't know he played for the Giants. <laughs> it should be. You, you're totally right about that. It, it should be noted. Um, maybe he's going to have like a Lev Bell kind of, uh, you know, dust off that Jets jersey and try to come play for the Chiefs. <laughs> and maybe that'll work. Hey, you, you did. You brought up Taylor Stallworth. There's been a handful of guys who haven't been practicing in the last few days. Uh, Stallworth is one of those guys with a knee contusion. So, Maybe Shelton signing is a sign that Stallworth isn't going to be ready anytime mm-hmm. soon, um, and and maybe that takes us through the game. I mean, maybe maybe Shelton is here to take Stallworth's place for the game. So it will be interesting to see how these reinforcements mesh with the guys who are already here, and maybe what some of the final decisions look like for the active roster at the defensive line. That that'll be interesting for me to watch. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I want to say good question or good point by Kendall Gibson in the chat right there. You can't judge defensive linemen on air. They had to wait and see them in pads. That's a good point, too. Maybe they were just waiting to see what they were looking like in pads to actually get going at least a little bit, have some competition, and then make a decision. I I think, Kendall, you brought up a very, very good point there. Going to the offensive side, the biggest offensive questions remaining for me would be wide receiver 5-6 slash what is going on at running back? All training camp, all we've heard is Isaiah Pacheco. He He's RB2. Now he's getting RB1 reps, right? And now he's getting compared to Kareem Hunt. Like all these, all this stuff is great, right? I, I love it. I do think it's a little bit, a uh, little bit early, maybe pump the brakes just a bit. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, we've heard hardly anything positive, at least from Ronald Jones. We've heard nearly anything, nearly nothing, I should say, on Jarek McKinnon. I still have Clyde Edwards-Alaire as my RB1, but how it shakes out post-Clyde, I'm very confused. 
What, do you, what what's your take on the offensive questions that still remain? Yeah, boy, those are those are good questions. I think a lot of people, especially like fantasy football players, are going to be really anxious to see uh, what's happening there with um, with running back and and how how even the reps shake out. I think we're all going to see Clyde get some of those early reps, and then I think we're going to see just a rotation there of of who's going on. Everyone and their mother has been praising Isaiah Pacheco. Maybe Pacheco worship is a new religion, and I don't know it. And we're like launching churches left and right. It feels like everyone is is like singing his praises in training camp. Do you think this is just, like now? Here's the thing: every rook, every veteran player is usually asked about that year's rookies, and so him being this team is light on offensive rookies anyway compared to defensive ones. And Pacheco is the only rookie at running back. Do you think we're hearing? like so much about Pacheco because, oh, everyone just keeps asking about him? Or do you think we're seeing like, oh, everyone keeps talking about him because he's been that much better than anyone expected? Like, like what's your take on the volume of praise we're hearing? It's uh, it's on, on Pacheco. I, my thing is I don't want to be negative Nancy, Debbie Downer from Saturday Night Live. That's not what I'm trying to do. But folks who love the Chiefs, we have some sort of affliction when it comes to falling in love with late round running backs. This happens all the time. Darwin Thompson, everyone thought he was going to be this absolute stud. The D train didn't happen. Before him, you mentioned him a, a, a year ago. I'm actually drawing a blank at his name. When you said to pump the brakes on Darwin Thompson, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs kingdom, we love our late round running backs. It's fun to get excited. It's so enjoyable rooting for the underdog hoping that this seventh rounder is the guy that he turns into this superstar. I, I think he's shown out a lot. I think this is all positive. You don't want to go in saying we've not heard of him and he looks horrible. That's not what's happening. Like th- these are all positives. I just think it's time to pump the brakes just a little bit when he's getting compared to cream hunt and we haven't even seen him go up against folks and pads, right? We're not even seeing him try and run people over yet, like in a legit way. It's way too early to say that. I have some thoughts on Kareem Hunt. He's never coming back to Kansas City, but that doesn't take away how good he was when he was here in Kansas City. It's too early to crown Isaiah Pacheco Kareem Hunt, that he's this next superstar running back. I want to wait and see. It's all positive, but I'm taking the wait and see approach. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. You're right to pump the brakes. You know, we all fall for rookies every year. We all see this happen. We all feel the buzz. Um, you know, we all have that like off-season darling that we think is going to be something big, and it and it rarely measures up, especially rookies too. And and uh, you know, you had a you had a great interview um, with Jeffrey Chadia, who was on the show what like three weeks ago or so, and he was like he was very realistic about rookies. And it was like, even when I was like listening back to the episode, I thought, man, this is just such a good reminder of I can get caught up in all the day-to-day hype and who's showing out. And, you know, then a guy like Albert Breer stops through Kansas City and he says, ooh, watch out for Pacheco on a national level and like makes everyone like go bananas as if he's like the next Brian Westbrook in, a, in an Andy Reid offense. And then you're thinking, we can't even get our first round pick to look like Brian Westbrook in an Andy Reid offense. Like, why don't we just slow why don't we slow down there? So, yeah, I, I think you're totally right. And, and I do think, just really quickly, it's fun to talk about the, oh, the yeah. fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. There's a reason why we don't typically hear that much about Trent McDuffie, although today we heard a lot of positives from Trent McDuffie, right? They're expecting him to be good. 
They're expecting Trent McDuffie to be to be a starter. They're expecting George Karloftis to play a lot this season. That's why we're not talking about those goes those guys a lot. Isaiah Pacheco, he he's the wild card, right? There was no expectations. That's why I think it's so fun and why fans, media, we get maybe just drawn to that type of player because you do want to root for that underdog. You want to see them succeed. It's the underdog story. Everyone roots for those. Yeah, you're, you're totally right, too. You're totally right. I'll say this, a couple pro Pacheco notes. One, he was the fastest timed uh, running back in this draft class in, in terms of like the 40. And the idea of that top speed, top straight line speed coming out of the backfield, being a weapon, like, being used in some way like that's sexy. And, and I love the idea of Andy Reed scheming for, for some proper usage there. So I think that's exciting. The other thing here too, and, and here's what you remember, Jer, like Jet McKinnon, one year deal, Rojo, one year deal. Then you're going to have uh, Clyde getting toward the end of his deal next year. There's a lot of room. If Pacheco can show off well this year, there's a lot like, he could instantly be RB2 next year as a seventh round pick. He's going to provide a lot of cost controlled production if he can really show out well the next few years. So, um, yeah, you know, the Chiefs don't have a lot of like future depth here. If Pacheco can be a guy, that'd be really nice for the sake of the depth chart and, um, and a bit of extra money. Yeah. Also, shout out to everyone who's back in the chat. This is so fun. This feels like the most we've seen everyone here. It's 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 game week, baby. I don't care if it's a preseason game. Football's back. Hey, let me uh, let me ask you this. We're talking about um, heading into the Bears week this week. The biggest offensive questions remaining, and I, I've got questions about right tackle and how things are going to shake out there. Um, to me, that's the biggest offensive question remaining. Lucas Niang. Injured, who knows when we're going to see him again. Andrew Wiley has earned most of the starting reps there. But we also saw uh, Jaron Christian moved in there. And even like Roderick Johnson, who was earning left tackle reps while Orlando Brown Jr. was holding out for the first week plus. Uh, Johnson's been moved over to the right side sometimes to cover that. I guess I just wonder, do you think we're going to see Wiley as as the default there? Are you looking forward to seeing how other people work? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on right tackle and how things are shaping up there. Yeah, I, I think Wiley is the guy I'm most confident in. He's earned that spot. I, I don't know. this. The hate he gets comes from his bad performance. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. Bad performance at left tackle. That's what it was. He's been fine at right tackle. Again, he's not going to be some elite guy, but you're not going to have an elite guy at every single position. Uh, the one question I kind of have is what's going on with Kennard? We haven't heard much about him at all in this situation. If they're moving over, you know, Jerron Christensen and, and, and Roderick Johnson, what's that saying about Kennard? Niang, I still have a lot of hope in, and I'm an idiot. You can say that about a lot, a lot of different things and the reason why I'm an idiot. But I think Niang is still the guy I have tabbed as, I don't want to say the future, but the guy I have the most hope in long-term for Kansas City. The injuries are obviously starting to pile up, and you start to wonder, is it just his size? Is it a Makai Becton kind of situation where the talent is there, just you can't stay healthy? But I, I, I think if week one are, is to roll around right now, I, I'm going with with uh, Andrew Wiley. I just think the hate he sometimes gets evolves from situations outside of his control when he was asked to do more than he should do. He's a fine right tackle, and that's what Kansas City needs is a guy they can rely on. You can rely on Andrew Wiley. Yeah, man, I, I think you're right. You're talking clearly today. 
somehow like you and I are in like lockstep agreement. It's like, uh, I don't know. We're salsa dancing or something. You're leading. Something bad's about to happen, man. Something bad's about to happen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with you, man. I think, I think Wiley makes sense there. What man also, I just feel like all of chief's kingdom needs to like look at Andrew Wiley and just give like a good nod, a tip of the hat. I mean, like something that guy has been, the super sub, he he stepped into multiple spots at a moment's notice and provided decent play um, to maybe even above average play, depending on on where you put him. It's it's yeah, I, I, I love it. I I I'm glad that he came back. He can he can play what three spots at least well enough to to start there. I think for some teams. So yeah, I I like it. I'm leery of. I'm I'm leery of Lucas Niang to be that guy because of the injury. And I hate to say it because he is the highest ceiling there at the position. Uh, you and I have talked about Johnson uh, versus Christian before. We talked about this even last week. Who knows which one is the swing tackle and how that'll shake out. We've got three preseason games to, to kind of see how that will work. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be Niang or Wiley. And as, I, as far as Kennard, I think I think in this one you got to get into the reality of he's a rookie, he's a project rookie. I mean, yes, he started with a lot of experience at the top level at, in the SEC, but but there's a reason he was fifth round. I mean, if he were if he were pro ready, he goes earlier than that for being as tenacious as he was. There were some detrimental sides to his game there, and and um, the Chiefs are clearly looking at that, going, yeah, we, we've got some things to work on before we like unleash him on the right side, like he's Trey Smith. <laughs> 2.0. Yeah, most rookies don't just come in and dominate, especially on the offensive line. Right. Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith were the outliers. I right. mean, not every single rookie the Chiefs drafted this year are going to be pro bowlers, all pros. That's just unrealistic. So if Kennard is just a backup this season, it's okay. They're, they're still batting very well. I don't know what you want to say. Batting 500, 667 on the offensive line on the past two drafts. Yeah. I, I, Hey, look, by the way, um, ESPN, uh, you, you may have already seen this too, right? ESPN did their like preseason rankings of who they project, which team is going to have the best run blocking and pass blocking units up front for the season. And ESPN's overall projection was that the Kansas City Chiefs would have the number one offensive line unit heading into this year. And I read that and I just think, Brett Veach, like whatever metric you need to, to give him a bonus or whatever – the fact that this line was being rebuilt a year ago and is now projected to be the top unit entering this year, you know, if the Chiefs are looking at two to three Pro Bowlers, if, I mean, if they're if they're even being talked about in that in that way, uh, what a job! Like, what a tremendous job! Um, yeah, that it, it's it's a rare thing, that's for sure. If we're giving a moment to Wiley, maybe we need to give it to Veach. I'm just going to create a bunch of moments uh, like where we just keep tipping the hat to everyone in Cheese Kingdom. Uh, hey, guys, by the way, just want to uh, just want to let you know we have uh, we have memberships here at Arrowhead Addict. And it'd be remiss if we didn't tell you about them. Um, if you are if you want to hang out more with me, I wouldn't get it. But I would if you were talking about Sterling or Patrick Allen or Matt Verderam. Uh, our producer, uh, Richard, all the other great members who are already a part of it. All the info to join is in the description or the information section of however or wherever you take in the Arrowhead Attic podcast. But we do uh, monthly hangouts. I think we've talked about some giveaways. We're doing some, uh, we have a a members-only Discord channel. 
where we all hang out, talk about all things, not just Chiefs, but uh, favorite movies and, and whatnot. So anyway, it's a great way just to get to know um, each other, hang out more with other Chiefs fans, and uh, yeah, feel a part of the AA community. Again, you can check it out. Have your pets spayed and neutered, as Bob Barker would say. Anyway, on with the show. So we've talked about we've talked about offensive holes and, and the biggest questions that we have as the Chiefs head into their first preseason game. How are you feeling about defense? Like, do you have a, is there sort of the biggest question remaining on defense that you could identify and be like, oh yeah, that's, that's my primary question. It's still going to be defensive line. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Danny Shelton is a fine signing, right? It's a depth piece. Your starters are obviously, I think, filled out with Karloftis, Chris Jones, uh, Derek Noddy, and then either Carlos Dunlap or Frank Clark, depending on how you want to have that tandem shake out. Uh, And then you also have Michael Dana, who is a fine rotational piece. You have Turk Wharton, who I think is a lock to make the team. Uh, And then outside of those guys, it's kind of a wild card. Is Colin Saunders on the roster? Uh, is Taylor Stallworth going to make it? Uh, I Joshua Kando, Malik Herring, that's still the spot. I mean, yes, they've added a lot of new guys, right? Some new faces, but they're not all game changers. It's a lot of, well, let's take a flyer and see what happens. Dunlap's a guy I, I feel pretty confident in just based on his past history. But even he's not going to be some game wrecker, right? I don't expect him to garner double teams. What they really need is someone who can take pressure off of Chris Jones. We're all hoping it's going to be George Karloftis. That, that's what it comes down to. Is Karloftis the guy who can take pressure off of Chris Jones? Yeah. Hey, look, I, I think Jaron Reed is going to be the answer here. I think he's going to be exceptional in the middle. Wait, what am I saying? Last year I fell for it. I'm not falling for it again. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, Naughty's fine. I think the guys we have are fine. I don't think Shelton is necessarily going to be the guy um, either. Although I will say this, coming off the pandemic, if Shelton could be like a big guy, I'd love to use the phrase sheltoning in place <laughs> as, as like, you know, when he makes a big stop. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I would say it. I would tweet it during games. Uh, anyway, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, if we're talking questions... I'm a little concerned about cornerback, although Fenton just came back, which was really great. Like, I love seeing Rashad Fenton come back today for the first time. Um, he's been on the injured list. He's been recovering from surgery. But last year, I was, I was a little surprised. Today, I was looking back at Fenton. Early in the season, he got, he got looked at for a concussion. Uh, week seven, I think it was, or midseason, we were looking at a knee injury. He was out the first two weeks of the postseason with a back injury. And then now we're missing the first couple of weeks of camp um, with subsequent surgery in the offseason and then now trying to get better. I'm looking at that going, I don't think I realized how many injuries were had kind of piled up for Fenton. He played in 14, but only started eight games last year. There's just a sense there of like, uh-oh, if he is a little bit, you know, maybe not injury prone, but gets kind of uh, dinged up in some way. And he, he, there's a ton of inexperience here that in the early going, cornerback could be a problem if a guy like Fenton easily goes down where you're looking at an untested McDuffie and then total projects. Like Joshua Williams has been running with the ones to go from, oh, I'm playing at Fayetteville State all the way to, oh, it's me versus like the Chargers. It's me versus Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. You know, like that's a big leap. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried there too. Uh, like uh, about corner 
are, are you worried about corner like at, at all? How, how are you viewing the lack of experience there and, and then going forward? I'm comfy at corner. The releasing of DeAndre Baker yeah. sealed it for me. That, that, that to me was a, a guy who was going to tell us how much do they trust in the young guys or at least the new guys and how much do they feel like these guys are not progressing. Joshua Williams, we have heard a lot about. He's, has he got burnt a couple of times? He sure has. It's going to happen with a fourth-round corner from Fayetteville State. But the majority of his runs so far look extremely promising. Looks like he's really picking up the defense quickly. Uh, I have no qualms at all with Trent McDuffie being ready week one. A Washington cornerback drafted in the first round is a recipe for a guy who's going to be ready week one. I'm not worried. Legereus Sneed is an absolute stud. Rashad Fenton... He's solid. Again, health is a concern, but if injuries pile up, I think Lonnie Johnson is someone you can at least be um, comfortable with, someone who's played in the NFL for multiple seasons. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but I think he's someone that you can at least say, we're not going into this blind. I, I think the Chiefs have a very, very solid corner room. The releasing of DeAndre Baker spells that out to me. I think DiCaprio Boodle, someone I've been saying for a few weeks now, is going to make the roster. I think that's someone to look out for as well. I'm very excited because if you if you saw what the Chiefs have done with unheralded, undrafted, late-round cornerbacks, now you bring in guys who might be more polished starting off, say it's Trent McDuffie in the first, Joshua Williams in the fourth. That has to give you confidence. Sure, they can't do it at edge, but they've given me reason to believe at corner, and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. But that's an excellent point. An excellent point. You are making one excellent point after another, after another. It's like, I don't know. I don't know you today, but Sterling, whatever version you showed up with today, uh, I love what you're saying. Yeah. The, the chief's recent history at corner should allay our fears and dumping Deandre Baker, which I think it's an honorable thing for them to do. They gave Baker a great chance to, to catch on with another team by, by releasing him so early. Um, but yeah, you're right. The job that coaches have historically done in recent years with young developmental cornerbacks and having them ready to play should make us all feel at least okay. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Let, let's, let's jump to just a couple comments here real fast. One, um, Frey Frey. Um, I hope that's how I'm so hope I'm saying that right. Why is Matt so negative? Frey Frey wants to know, <laughs> uh, dude, have you seen Trent play, especially let on? Yeah. Look, let me say this. I said this earlier on Twitter. I'll say it here. I think Trent, I think Trent McDuffie, even at the end of this year has the chance to be the single best defensive player on the entire roster. Like, I mean, I'm talking Chris Jones. I'm talking Juan Thornhill's pipe dreams of being an all pro. I'm talking, uh, Nick Bolton and the ridiculous, Overassessed uh, way. Don't you dare rip on Nick Bolton, okay, Matt? This is one thing I will throw hands over. Dude, I I love Nick Bolton, but 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 I like it. Surprises me how many people think he's going to be the better linebacker. I like I I just think Willie Gay Jr. is like such an like all world potential. And um, anyway, all I'm trying to say is I think super highly of Trent McDuffie and his potential. Uh, so I'm not trying to be down on him. I just I just think there's a real lack of of experience there. And if there's any health concerns, I'm a little bit worried about week one through week four while the learning curve is applied. That's all I'm trying to say there. Um, number of people uh, balling on a budget. I think that's probably his real name. Says bring on Boodle. He's my favorite. Uh, there's been a couple Boodle fans. I, is that only because of his first name? Is it only because his DiCaprio Boodle is his name? Uh, no, it's because he's showing out, dude. 
Come on. Now, I actually think there's something there with DiCaprio Boodle outside of his badass name. Another year in the system, right? This is a youth movement in the cornerback room, but Spags himself wants someone who at least understands and has been in the system, the scheme before he mentioned, he goes, I love all the rookies. And then as a side said, wish it wasn't all at one time. So if DiCaprio Boodle, who's been in the system, picking it up, looks better in training camp. I'm not saying he's going to get a ton of playing time, but he's someone who will play special teams. Cornerback five, cornerback six makes a lot of sense to me. Is DiCaprio Boodle, the best name on the entire Chiefs roster. Yeah. Or Roderick Johnson. Oh, boy, those are good names. Yeah. There is a guy in the NFL, Smoke Mondays. I like that name too. Smoked Mondays is a dude's name? Yeah. Smoke That's Mondays. Awesome. Rookie. Yeah, I don't know. He's with someone. Probably probably the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Offensive players to watch in the game. We're talking game action now, guys. We're not talking hypothetical. Well, it's still kind of hypotheticals. But guys, we want to see show out offensive side of the ball against the Bears. Who do you have? Uh, I, I, Clyde. I mean, I, I I know he's he's not a backup. I know there's going to be a lot of backups playing. I just want to see the way how much Clyde is used, the ways in which they're going to use Clyde. Of of all the you know losing Tyreek and the way the offense is going to be reshaped, reused, reconfigured. I love the idea of a more robust use of running back, getting him involved in the passing game. I'm just really, I think I would say that throughout the whole offseason or the whole preseason. I'm just, I'm anxious to see how Andy uses Clyde and what we might see as a preview for the regular season. What about you? Yeah, I like Clyde. That's a good pick. Uh, I'm actually going to go with a running back as well and go Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I want to see if he's used in the return game. I want to see how he's used between the tackles or at least just running the football. I want to see if he's okay picking up pass protection. And I think we'll actually see a decent amount of him. Of all the running backs, we'll see him. We'll probably see a decent amount of Derek Gore. Uh, Don't know how much we'll see Ronald Jones or Jarek McKinnon or Clyde to an extent, right? Those are veteran guys. Uh, Obviously, the bottom two and Jarek McKinnon and Ronald Jones are fighting for a roster spot. But I think we'll see a lot of Isaiah. And that's why I'm excited because I want to see if this – training camp hype translate to actual game action against another team. I understand he probably won't be going up against uh, Roquan Smith, right? For multitude of reasons, but I I do want to see what he brings and if it's legit. Yeah. Let's get to, uh, let's get to a couple of chat things here, especially I just want to say thanks to Odella for a super chat um, coming at us with a, with a great question. How are you both feeling better about the defensive line now? More optimistic, question mark. Sterling, I'll let you take this from the top. Yeah, first off, thanks, Odella. Appreciate that a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm more comfortable. It's still the position of weakness. It's still the position where I think uh, the Chiefs, I don't want to say could put more investment because I don't want them to necessarily spend a first-round draft pick of their next season's draft as far as a trade deadline move to bring in a big-name guy. Uh, But I do think Carlos Dunlap is an improvement. I do think that Danny Shelton will at least push for uh, Colin Saunders or Taylor Stallworth. Having that, some other guys push each other is not a bad thing as far as the depth goes. Uh, It's fine. It's still a position of weakness for Kansas City, but it's much, much improved. Yes, I feel much better about it. 
uh, Adela. And and I I think I would place my answer on my belief in Frank Clark. And um, I'm, I'm not sure what Sterling would have to say about this. You, We said earlier, it's important to be careful about what you're buying into in terms of hype in the preseason, because there's so much over-focus on, you know, every guy comes in and says, I feel better than I have in years. Um, and they're like, there's always that sort of puffed up uh, media hype and overemphasis on a lot of things. So it's possible that that's happening for Frank right now. However, I'm buying that stock. Chris Jones says um, that Frank Clark has been, quote, like completely transformed. He looks incredibly lighter. That may actually be a little bit of a detriment based on what Spags may ask him to do, may not. Um, but I'm buying it. I think that Clark is, you know, we've seen when when Clark is on and focused and healthy and motivated. He is, he is a beast and he's, he's been a beast through the postseason before. Like we've seen him turn things on to a level where he carries that defense. And it just seems like we're seeing a different version of him, a mentoring version of him, a team first version of him, a cleaned up version of him, a lean machine version of him. It sounds like the coaches are buying it. His teammates are, are flaunting it. And if Frank Clark is back to being the kind of like, just think back to the way you felt when we first traded for Frank, you know, and, or even like after that Super Bowl win, if we're getting even 80% of that in Frank on one side, and then you have Karloftis and Dunlap on the other, to me, that is a, that is a much better version of what the Chiefs were looking at there uh, last year. And then everything just feels a little bit deeper. Uh, also with the addition of Joe Cullen up front as the new coach. So I, I I just I like a lot of those pieces that are in place. Your thoughts on Frank or any of that? Yeah, just a Frank Clark. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I'm not. Am I bought into what he's saying as far as how he's acting this offseason, the steps he's taking 100%? That's fantastic. He, his body looks like it, right? So you can tell he's actually going through what he is saying, uh, taking ownership for how he has played over the past at least year. That's progression, right? No player wants to admit that they have not lived up to expectations. Uh, you like hearing the ownership from Frank Clark, uh, the no alcohol. That's great. His body looks great. But again, I want to wait and see, is it going to be a detriment as far as in the run game? He was still able to set an edge, even if he was not able to necessarily get after the quarterback last year, right? Correct. And if that takes that attribute away and he still struggles to get after the quarterback, then what good was it? You don't be playing too light. He obviously knows better than myself. The team knows better than myself. Full transparency, right? So they know if he's too light or not. But that is something to watch for me. I just have to see it. There's been so many players who have overhauled, done this, that, and the other. I guess my other question would be, why didn't he do this sooner? Why didn't he not cut out alcohol sooner if he knew that this was an issue? I don't know if it had any correlation to the stomach issues. I have no idea. But I know alcohol can cause stomach issues. And when you've missed games for stomach issues, that can obviously be an issue or something that flares up. I'm cautiously optimistic on Frank Clark. I just don't see him all of a sudden, though, being a double-digit sack guy, I guess. Yeah, I, I get that. But I think we would all take eight sacks. I, th- I think we'd all be pretty thrilled if Frank Clark ended up with, with eight sacks. Yeah, I'd be thrilled. I, I still don't think it happens. I'd be, I, I would be thrilled. I still don't think eights. It seems high to me. Maybe I'm just not completely buying in until I see it. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I will say this, Brendan Daly, we don't talk about this a lot, and and who knows how much coaching influence comes into it, but we've been disappointed in edge rushers the last few years. Kando doesn't develop. Mike Dana looks nice. But how much of this is about a coaching thing? You know, the Chiefs move Brendan Daly off the line, the linebackers, bring in Joe Cullen. I mean, do you think there was maybe – 
coaching influence here to blame, or is that not? Do you think that's maybe overstated? Like, hey, look, the Chiefs are well coached, and and the guys are going to do what they will. I think it's something to at least monitor. If yeah. we do see some some progress from the young guys, if all of a sudden Frank Clark does look even better than he did before, if we see George Karloffis as a rookie dominate, then I do think there's some credence to what you were saying. Uh, as a Royals baseball fan, right, living in KC, love the Royals, we saw what happened when they overhauled the hitting side of the things in the minor leagues. It was a massive transformation. Look at the pitching side. A lot of folks believe that it's the issue. Cal Eldred on the pitch, the pitching coach, Yeah. the, the no overhaul in the minor league system, even to an extent. So I do think coaching can play a massive, a massive difference in what happens. I'm not going to say it was the only issue. If all of a sudden Kansas city turns into a, I don't know, top 10 unit on the defensive line, but I do think it's something to at least monitor as the season progresses. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, we've already kind of started to talk about this um, and I've kind of already stolen my own answer um, defensive players that you're looking to watch like versus the Chicago Bears this weekend, is there one player in particular that you're just excited to see take the field? I have two, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Colin Saunders. Uh, with Colin okay. Saunders, I think he's really fighting for a spot on the roster. I think this is his last chance to really show, not this game, but this preseason is his last chance to really show what he can do. The potential's there. The athleticism is there. We just have not seen it. Uh, I, I don't know if this bringing in of uh, sorry, Danny Shelton, if that was the nail in the coffin for Colin Saunders, but I, I think it's Saunders, Saunders time to either put up or shut up because writing is starting to get on the wall. When you bring in Taylor Stallworth, when you bring in Danny Shelton, that, that's his position. Yeah. That, yeah. It, Saunders is just such an interesting <clears throat> player to me. I mean, with, with, you know, any guy that can like come in, do backflips, any guy known as the, if you're known as the Aaron Donald of FCS, which is what he was called when he was at Western Illinois, you know, then you're just like, well, wait, what, like what kind of talent does he have? I mean, he looks the part, he's that athletic. It's really frustrating. Plus, honestly, he's a lot of fun. I mean, if you follow him on social media or watch his interview, I mean, he's like, he just seems like a great guy, a, a hilarious yeah. teammate. You Like you want to root for him because he's got all this, like he's fun. He, he's, he's the kind of player you want to root for. And then just injury and then clearly inconsistency is just keeping him from from being able to step up and, and claim an active roster spot that the Chiefs would probably like to see him claim. So, yeah, that, that that's a great answer. I, I think I'd still say Frank Clark for all the reasons I've already said in terms of like the player I want to see just because when there's this much hype about he's new, he's new, he's new, wait till you see it. Well, then I'm going to wait and I'm going to want to see it. So, yeah, this weekend's going to be um, kind of a proof is in the pudding. Is that how you say it? Proof is in the pudding? The pudding's in the proof? I think it's proof is in the pudding. And is that mm-hmm. like alcohol? Is it like you're putting the proof, like 80 proof in the pudding? Because that's the only good way to eat pudding. Maybe it's like proof, like proof, there it is. Maybe that's it, like proof. <laughs> proof the magic dragon. Proof. Anyway, I'm not sure what's going on. I even forgot what we were talking about. Um, so, yeah. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking to see Frank. Let me let me make one let me make one note here on the other side of that stupid proof section. Um, the Chicago Bears. Remember this: the Chicago Bears general manager is Ryan Poles, who knows this Chiefs roster about as good as any opposing GM is going to know the Chiefs roster. And then here's the crazy thing: um, the Bears suck, right? That may surprise surprise. <laughs> so like it wouldn't surprise me. 
of all the teams playing all the preseason games this weekend and throughout, it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe this game as the most important game for a single team to be able to see another team up close because like the bears are now looking at the chiefs most updated version. I think Ryan Poles is going to grab three to five, maybe guys off this current chiefs roster. And I think we're going to see them in Chicago next year. So I think an intriguing for me on Sunday, it's going to be an intriguing subplot. I think a few of these chiefs guys are actually maybe trying out for the bears unknowingly with the way they play on Sunday, because Poles is already going to know so much about them and as he sees them, how are they looking these days kind of thing, they have a very real chance of, of uh, remember, when active rosters are due, there's like over a thousand free agents all at the same time. And so Ryan Poles is going to be able to look and go, hey, I know these guys. I've, I've also seen them up close recently. Let's take a flyer on Josh Gordon, Cornell Powell, DiCaprio Boodle, what, like what, I, you know, who, whoever wiggles free. I find that I find that connection interesting for this game. Yeah, I, I buy that. I 100% buy that. Obviously, now it's a good thing to have a relationship with front offices of other teams. Chiefs and the Browns obviously have that. Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Colts obviously have that. It'd be nice to have another connection with the Chiefs and the Bears. Any chance you can help each other, not saying you're trying to not win the trade, but anytime you can you know, play for a win-win situation or, hey, I don't know if it's tampering, but we're about to let this guy go. Be on the lookout, you know? It's not bad to have good relationships with other teams that can only be taken as a positive. Let's not forget, uh, on a team that that will struggle to win four games this year, the Bears have Roquan Smith, who demanded a trade. They've got Robert Quinn, who is only an aging asset, who who is coming off a career year. Like, if you're ever going to sell, you want to sell right now. Um, there are other there are other vets on that roster. It's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do before the trade deadline. Uh, really quickly, Mr. Trump just cracked me up. Trade right there, post game on the field. Hey, Rojo, come here. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, any, anyone headed to Chicago is going to be that's a that's going to be a long, sad drive. The jersey swap, just all right. Nah, come on, yeah. swing over here. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Whatever wide receiver doesn't make the roster, there's automatically a bear. Hey, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna make it. So, uh, go ahead. Don't get back on the uh, on the plane. Just stay here in Chicago. <laughs> All right. If you guys have been watching us the past uh, couple weeks, we have been doing a must list. It's uh, one thing that we think that you guys must do, whether that's watch a show, read a book listen to an album. Uh, it's a fun thing Matt Connor started, and now I'm just involved with it. So, Matt, first things first, we got to bring Richard in. Love it. Look What's at up, that guys? glorious stash. Richard coming in with the uh, with the must list and and the beer. Richard, what's uh, if you got one thing, if you got one recommendation to make to all uh, to all the people we love for hanging out with us, like what are you telling them to check out this week? For this week, I'm going to recommend uh, an old favorite of mine. I think some guy I listened to about six years ago before I moved out here. His name is Tony Molina. He's a uh, guitarist, a singer, songwriter. He's releasing an album this Friday called In the Fade. Check out In the Fade. We got a vinyl right here. This came early. So uh, check out check out streaming soon this Friday. He's like a power pop rock guitarist. If you like Thin Lizzy, if you like Weezer, Big Star, 
check out Tony Molina, his new album yeah. in the fade. Big star. I, I love yeah. big star. It's been a long, I, I didn't think I'd hear that on this episode. The boys are back in town, man. Who knew Sterling? What do you got? Uh, I'm going with decadence by head automatica. Uh, they're a kind of punk pop band. This album came out in 2004. Uh, Daryl Palumbo is the singer. He's in another band called glass jaw. Um, I don't know. I've always been a big fan. They only had two albums, Head Automatica, and I've enjoyed both with a passion. So if you like kind of alternative stuff from the mid-2000s, right down your alley. Man, uh, I've, I've been on a pop music kick. There's a girl, Maggie Rogers, who I just think is fantastic. Not sure if you guys have heard her or not. It's kind of pop R&B uh, kind of stuff with with maybe like an indie twist to it. Anyway, she's great. And uh, yeah, new album's called Surrender. just came out. Yeah, so I think she's great. Something to throw out there. We're all music this week. That means we're all like uh, just listening to things and maybe, I don't know, going to the public library, going on walks, getting out of the house. Yeah, that, that seems good. Seems better than like a, all this recommending like 12-hour shows that we've all been, <laughs> been binging like with Cool Ranch Doritos uh, or whatever else is going on. Oh, dude, Cool Ranch Doritos are, okay, second best Dorito. The original taco Dorito is the best Dorito, hands down, okay? Can we agree there? Can we agree with the taco? Thank you, Richard. I see the head nod. I'll take that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what to think about that, but but I, you're not wrong. I don't know that you're right. Mm. Can we agree at least Cool Ranch is better than nacho cheese? Nacho cheese is a bottom-tier Dorito. Oh, man. I'm agreeing. I love nacho cheese so much. Mm. Richard, see, you this gonna happen. see you Richard, this, gonna happen. This, this is what happened. You didn't know this, Matt, but the reason why we wanted to do this and bring Richard in was to double up on you. I apologize. You yeah. kick my ass so often talking Chiefs football. I had to have some backup here. Okay, dude, you you liked Darwin Thompson. So I, me. Yeah. Don't hey, pro- don't project your insecurities of Josh Gordon on me, good sir. Yeah. I love Josh Gordon. Please play special teams. Josh, Josh, if you're listening, Josh Gordon, if you're listening, you have a wonderful chance to play for a wonderful team. You need to seize that shit. Put down whatever suspends you and pick up some ability to play special teams because why am I talking to Josh Gordon? Josh, you're never making this team. Who am I kidding? Anyway. Wow. Wow. You just broke his heart. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Also, original Doritos. Love it. Yeah. Let's try and take us out of here. Okay. You've been listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I am Matt Connor. Richard has the best mustache and hair in the game. I am Sterling Holmes. Guys, we are a few short days away from actual Chiefs football going up against another team. Preseason or not, it's fun to watch. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.